This message is from Rack of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient Faith for Today's World, November 19, 2023. Matthew 25, 14-30. took a lot to get through the academy, but after a lot of hard work, he finally found that he was able to hit the target when he went to the target range. He was able to know all the signals and all the rules. He knew the traffic laws. He knew the, the ordinances of the town. And so he started his, his first shift on duty as police officer in the town. Pretty important job, but he was ready. He had been trained, he'd studied, he'd prepared, he'd passed everything, and now it was time to, to fully begin an independent, on his own, with a patrol car. So what'd he do? He saw all the things that were going around him, but he decided to just grab his phone. You know, kind of see what's going on in social media. And sure enough, as he's doing that, everything else is going on around him. People are breaking laws left and right, but that got more important things to do. The, the police chief demands too much. He showed up. Isn't that enough? He's part of the squad. Isn't that enough? Why should he have to meet a quota? He deserves to just take it easy now. Part of the squad. How does that make you feel? How do you think that would make someone in that town feel? Or someone in that town that saw the rules just totally going left and right and everyone doing whatever they want because the, the police in town were doing nothing. Maybe some of you laugh because you, you know that that's happening in some places. I was in the Midwest this summer and I was traveling with someone who made a lane violation and I said, oh, I think you just made a lane violation. They, they just kind of laughed because they, they said, the police don't care anymore. Kind of sad. Now, I'm not here to talk today about the police. I'm here to talk about how does God view you? How does he view you with all the gifts he's poured out in your life and the position he's put you in to serve him and his kingdom? Do you feel upset when someone doesn't do their role serving in an official capacity, whether it be in the military, the police, or governing a position? How do you think God feels about his servant? When his servant has been brought unto his team, called to be his own and serve him in his kingdom, and yet refuses to serve him. They will look at that as we look at Matthew 25 and once again look at another parable. You probably noted as we've been looking through these parables how each one of them has to do with until Jesus comes again, what we're supposed to be doing. And each one of them deals with the believer who turns aside from God. Last week we saw the believer who despised God's gifts and let that lamp run out even though they were in the right position in the right place, they lost, as we would see, the gift of faith, so to speak. And then today we'll see how they despise God's gift as they're brought into his kingdom, but they refuse to serve him. And next week we'll see how they misunderstand God's gifts and rely on them. All three parables have to do with those who show up, who present themselves as part of the church, and maybe even start out that way but in the end, are exposed as a fake or a fraud or someone who turned aside from the Lord. 
And today what we see is someone turning aside from service in God's kingdom. Jesus says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. And by again, he means the kingdom of God is like this. Who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Now we have to maybe break this down. If, you, if you're looking at footnotes, you might note that this word bag of gold, some Bibles translate as talent, and it's actually where we get the English word talent from. A bag of gold, in this case, was a talent might measure up to 20 years' wages. So even the, the one that received the least received what we might perhaps amount to, maybe almost a million dollars. He is pouring out abundant wealth and blessing to these people. Not something small, but something tremendous. And notice he says here, each according to his ability. Which should probably remind us what we read in the book of Romans when Paul says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, your talents, the, the things he, he's given you, the gifts he's poured out so you can serve him. And Paul mentions that each one has been given a measure, a gift, according to their ability. Some people you might see in God's church and you look at them and think, they've got everything they need, they're equipped, they're the, the evangelist, they're the, the preacher on the stage, they're the person that can really use those gifts to serve God's kingdom. And then you look at yourself and step back and say, that's not my role. I got more, you know, lesser gifts, so why should I even bother? But God says here, each one of his servants, and it, it's probably pretty clear, the, the servants of the master here, really represent you, the people in God's church. Each one of us is given a gift to serve him in his kingdom. And he pours out those gifts richly and abundantly so we can serve him. Here we see, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. What happens when the Son of Man comes again in glory? The Lord of the church who called you to be his servant and serve him in his kingdom and poured out those gifts. There'll be a time of accounting. And please note, this is not God measuring up to see if they've done enough to deserve to be his own. This is not God saying, now you can enter my kingdom because you've earned the way. No, they began as his servants and they were to live accordingly. Just as you now belong by grace, part of God's kingdom, it's only by grace. Can you imagine? He pours out his gifts so you can not only be his servant, but have the joy and privilege of serving him in his kingdom. But what happens in the end as the master examines their life? The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. Take a step back. What did this man do? It says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. Notice, at once he decides, I'm going to serve my master and king. And he joyfully, immediately starts to use those gifts. And yes, he does double them. But notice the second man does the same thing and doubles them. Both that first man who received five gifts or five talents, five bags of gold as we have it translated, and the second man who received five bags of gold just doubled everything they had. 
That is, the master knew exactly what they could handle. The master knew exactly what each servant needed. And God equips you according to your abilities to give you the gift to serve him with exactly the gifts you need. Think of that. God knows what capacity you are in in your life right now. And he wants you to serve him. So like this first man, you can immediately take those gifts in your life and serve him. And then when he comes on the last day like this last man, the first man does immediately approach the king and say, look, Lord, look what you've given me and look what has been accomplished through your gifts. His master replied to the first one, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Maybe now we're starting to see the point. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. God does not look for a certain amount, a certain produce of fruit that you're to put out or that you're to use your gifts to achieve uh, amazing things. No, he just says faithfulness. And for each of us in every stage of our life and every circumstance, faithfulness simply means using what God has given. And notice the master's goal. The master's goal is not to drive us by fear. The master's goal is not to cause us to wonder if he really loves us because he's given us work. No, picture Adam in the garden. And there is Adam surrounded by all the goodness of God. God has planted that garden. God put it there and God put the man there to work the ground so the man could share in the joy that God intended for him. Come, share your master's happiness. God's goal in your life is that you serve him in his kingdom with joy and that in the end you would find joy through using those gifts. The man with the two bags of gold also came. <clears throat> Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. Once again, faithful servant, you've been faithful. Share your master's happiness. Then we get to the man with one bag. Note, it's not how much God is looking for. Not the amount God wants. Is there faithfulness? The man with the one bag of gold came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now maybe... Maybe we could just step back and look at that man and say, well, wasn't the worst thing, right? I mean, he didn't lose it. He didn't take that, that 20 years worth of wages and, and waste it on something like the man in the parable of the lost son. He didn't squander it. What's so bad about at least protecting it? You know, taking all the, the things God has given and at least just kind of covering it up and making sure that it's still there. You know, there are a lot of churches, old buildings that are abandoned. It's kind of interesting if you just do a quick search for them online and you'll see these large cathedrals. Some of them have ornate walls and stained glass windows that are still there and you can see all the decorations and the drawings that at some point somebody decided, God's people that is, they're going to build a house of worship. And that generation said, we're going to establish this center of worship for praise. And with joy, they set out to say, this building is dedicated 
to serving God. But what happened? This may be a Maybe a couple generations down the line, people stopped using the gifts God has given and that, that building started to have some vines growing in it. The roof started to leak and the building was still there. It was actually still at its core and from its establishment a wonderful thing. A place where you could worship God in beauty to the glory of his name. But because nobody used it, it became abandoned and started to decay and pretty much was left for the rats and the bats and the wild animals. Vines crept up on the walls and pretty soon people that decided it might be used for other purposes started to treat it as a shelter or abusive things like drunken parties. You might look at that and say, well, that's kind of sad what happened to that church, that, that building that was dedicated to serving God and so much effort was put into building had gone to waste. You are God's temple. You are made to be a, a beautiful instrument to serve him in his kingdom. And you might say, well, I'm not destroying this temple. I'm not letting it go to waste or squandering it. But are you using the gifts God has given to take that temple and to glorify his name? No, using God's gifts isn't going to give you entrance into God's kingdom. But he's made you to be his temple. The Apostle Paul says, It is by grace we have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. That is Christ, for the beauty of God's kingdom, laid down his life. And in view of all the mercy that he's done, we see Christ giving everything the value of his blood to set you free. By grace, you have been saved. You are now one of these in this parable, one of these servants of God. And he has chosen in his love to do what Paul says after Christ laid down his life and gave you the gift of faith and brought you in grace, brought into his kingdom to be his own. He says, so that you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. See, the, the problem of this third man was not that he didn't produce enough. The problem was he didn't have faithfulness. And in place of faithfulness, we see an attitude of despising the Lord. He says and accuses the master and saying, I knew that you are a hard man. Is that the attitude to have towards God when we think about serving him? Investing where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Even if that were true, as the master seems to imply here, doesn't that mean at least the man ought to fear his master? And he maybe should at least recognize the master very easily could have put it on deposit with a banker. But in grace, he chose to include him to serve him. Brothers and sisters, fellow servants of the king, Sometimes that attitude can slip up into our hearts where that, that old self in our heart wants to think that, that God expects too much or that we shouldn't have to serve him in the way that he expects because that's just not what we want to do. The old sinful heart wants to accuse him of making us into slaves who he does not love and who he does not desire to bring into the joy and happiness of his kingdom. 
but God has made you to be his own, brought you into his kingdom, made you to serve him in love. The master turned to that man who had despised him and says, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew I was going to harvest what I have not sown and gather what I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. I could have received it with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Whoever has will be given more and will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And just like every other parable here, the surprise ending comes in, the, the shocking turnaround. The one who squandered his gifts was the one who despised the Lord and was cast away from the Lord as his enemy. He was in the right place. He started out as a servant of the king. He finished claiming to be a servant, and yet he thought, with his attitude of despising the king, despising his gifts, that he would stand in the end, but was thrown out. You know, Jesus gives this warning to that old self, that old heart of ours that would slip away from serving our God in joy. And I know we have been called to serve him. Don't look at this parable in light of simply, do I serve him enough? We'll see that next week. Don't rely on your works, but rather rejoice that your king has invited you to serve him. Yes, be warned of that, that sinful heart that would despise his gifts and look on him with an ill heart. But recognize the joy of serving him who has made you his own, who's poured out a rich abundance, more than we could ever do or ever have or attain. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they despised his gifts. And Adam and Eve chose to look on God as an unloving God. And despite all the gifts he'd poured out, they turned against him and refused to obey and serve him, even for that, that small thing. But God, in his mercy and love, redeemed Adam and Eve, redeemed you, those who had at one point despised the king and despised his gifts and despised his love. He in grace and mercy has saved you, brought you into the kingdom that you now belong as part of his own. And in love, the king pours out rich blessings, each according to your ability. See that with joy, that you now get to serve him. And one day, not because of what you've done, but merely because he has equipped you and in faith you have in love known what you've been able to do for him. Serve him in love. And you'll hear the king say to those who love him, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, this is my goal. This is what I've brought you to today. Share in your master's happiness. It will be the happiness that all those who have been brought into his kingdom find as they serve him today and serve him forever until Jesus comes again in all his glory. Don't stop serving the king, the king of love. Amen.
this is the day you've given your servant. I will rejoice and be glad.